beloveds, welcome back to The Word is Resistance, the podcast where we are exploring what our Christian sacred texts have to teach us about living, surviving, even thriving in the context of empire, tyranny, violence, and repression, the times in which we are living today. What do our sacred stories have to teach us as white folks about our role in resistance, in showing up, in liberation? What wisdom is there for us as white Christians in these troubled, violent times of pandemics and racial capitalism and the beauty of resistance? I am Reverend Kelsey Beebe, pronouns she, her, hers. I'm an ordained minister in the United Church of Christ, and I serve as a local pastor at two UCC churches just south of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I'm also the executive minister of the nonprofit Dancing Pastor Ministries, and I host the Lady Preacher podcast, a podcast specifically for progressive Christians. I live in Kenosha, Wisconsin with my husband, Reverend Kevin Beebe, our cat Velcro, and we live on the homeland of the Potawatomi peoples alongside Lake Michigan here in Kenosha. This podcast is a project of Surge Faith and is particularly designed for white Christians, white Christians talking to other white Christians about race and white supremacy. We believe white Christians like us, like me, have a responsibility to commit ourselves to resisting white supremacy, to speaking up and showing up and disrupting white supremacy wherever we find it, including in our own Christian tradition. We do this work remembering we are building up a new world. This live recording of Dr. Vincent Harding's song for the freedom movement is of a multiracial movement choir practice in Denver, Colorado in December 2014 being led by Minister Daryl J. Walker. We are deeply grateful to the Freeney Harding family for letting us use this song for the podcast. The word is resistance. Let us pray. God of hope, your world is ever turning. Forgive us when we resist that movement, when we resist the turning of the Holy Spirit. Continue to gently guide us, nudging us towards that kingdom that has come and is coming. We ask that you open our hearts, open our minds, and fill us with your word and grace today and every day. Amen. Friends, I invite you to listen to these words from the gospel according to Luke, chapter 21, verses 25 through 36. There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and on the earth distress among nations, confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, stand up and raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Then he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is already near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. 
heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Be on guard so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life. And that day does not catch you unexpectedly like a trap, for it will come upon all who live on the face of the whole earth. Be alert at all times, praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things that will take place and to stand before the Son of Man. Here ends our reading. It's interesting to me in this text, this idea of the generations passing away. When Jesus says, truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. And all of these things that Jesus is talking about sound like the apocalypse, right? The, the things that are happening in the world, the sun and the moon and the stars will all be affected. The heavens will be shaken. And it feels like the end times, right? That the end times are coming. Everything is falling apart, that the apocalypse is here. And what I have come to understand is that it seems like every generation has their own experience of what feels like the end times. When it feels like the whole world is falling apart, is ripping at its seams, and everything is going completely wrong and haywire. We can trace that back for so many, many generations. I think of the people who lived through World War I and the, um, the pandemic of the Spanish flu and then, you know, World War II. You think of the Great Depression, the Cold War, all these different experiences where I'm sure for some of these folks, it really did feel like the world as they knew it was falling apart where everything seemed to go wrong. I was in fourth grade when 9-11 happened. And I remember that feeling of being so terrified that is the world coming to an end? And I've heard that phrase throughout 2020 and 2021 from various people who talk about all of these signs that the Bible talks about. And they point to what's happening in the world and say, look, the end times are here. And so even today, we have plenty of signs that make it feel like the world is coming to an end. But the thing about apocalyptic literature that I have come to learn is that it's not so much about the world ending, because it says in verse 33 here in the Luke scripture we just read, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. It's not that the world is coming to an end, but that the world is turning that it's not about the destruction of earth, but that things are turning. Something is happening. God is breaking into the world here. And isn't that what Advent is about? That we are waiting and watching for God to break into the world, to reorder things, to reorient things. It's a turning. It's not so much an ending. There is an element of that, though, that, you know, every generation will pass away. 
there will be a time when I will no longer be here. My mother passed away when I was a little girl. She is no longer here. And eventually each of us will come to our time when we go home to be with God. But we can trust in what the scripture says that, that God is forever. That even though we pass away, that even though every generation will pass away, God's word is forever. That redemption is what has been happening all along. That the generation or the redemption is always drawing near. That the kingdom of heaven is always now breaking in. The thing about when the world feels like it's falling apart, like Jesus describes here, that is when God is near. There's a verse in scripture that says, God is near the brokenhearted. We can trust that even when the world feels like it's on fire, God is at work. And that's the good news for me in all of the apocalyptic literature, that even when it feels like there's so much chaos, like everything is going wrong, the, the thing that's being communicated is that even amidst all of that chaos, God is at work. When we feel completely out of control, God is there. And I know for me, when I feel like everything's falling apart or I'm losing control of everything, I try to regain control. I try to hold on and like my knuckles turn white. It's just like when I'm on a roller coaster, I can't <laughs> ride roller coasters without white knuckling it. I am not the person who lifts my hands up on a roller coaster. When things feel out of control so often, we try to resist it. We white knuckle it. We hold on as tight as we can. But what if in these moments, what God is doing is pushing us, is reorienting things, is taking this opportunity when things have gone awry to shift things in the world, that God is there with us. And as we trust and know in scripture that that God is near us when we are brokenhearted, that when things feel like we're falling apart, God comes alongside us. And then God revolves things. God turns things. God takes this opportunity and pushes us into needed and necessary change. Not everything is ending. And maybe some things are ending. The things that do need to end are ending, but it's that the world is turning and God is at work in that turning. The image that comes to mind for me is the image of a whirlpool. My neighbors growing up had one of those above ground pools that they got probably from Costco. And, you know, a lot of times we would create a whirlpool in it. We would all start running in the same direction in the pool just to get the water going and going and going. And then it was all going in that one direction. And then inevitably we'd say, okay, let's try to turn it around. And you try to go the other direction. And it was so hard <laughs> to, to walk in the opposite direction of the way that water was turning. And that makes me think about the movement God is doing. Is it futile to resist that turning? That when the spirit is at work in the world and is pushing us in a certain direction, is it futile to resist that? that God is on the move. God is moving. God is turning the world. And so what if we just surrender like a kid in a whirlpool, just letting go, lying on their back and embracing and letting that water carry you, letting God change the world and being 
a part of that. Not letting it catch you off guard, but coming along for the ride because of God's promise of faithfulness that we can trust that God will not pass away, that God will carry us on that whirlpool, that we can trust in God's turning because God is taking us along with God. In some of the scripture we read last week, we heard from the book of Revelation when God says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the beginning and the end. We have the promise that God who was is the God who is and the God who is to come. And so even though these generations will pass away, even though destruction may happen, even though things may eventually feel like they're truly falling apart, God is there with us and God promises to be with us from the beginning to the end and beyond. And what a gift that good news is that God is with us always, that even when the world feels like it's on fire, God is there. Thanks be to God for that faithfulness. As I mentioned earlier, I am located in Kenosha, Wisconsin, a town that has been really rattled in the past year. You know, I think of these end times, and I think for some people in Kenosha, they experienced some of that. We've had a lot of turmoil, you know, between the pandemic and then the officer involved shooting of Jacob Blake, who is still paralyzed from the waist down followed by protests and large building fires that really took place in the uptown neighborhood, which is one of the areas in our town most hard hit by poverty. And so they were devastated by those fires. And then most recently, the Rittenhouse trial, which again, devastated so much of our community. And there was a moment on the day of the verdict of the Rittenhouse trial where several community members and local clergy gathered an event that was put on by local activists in our community. And I was really moved by the words of Kyle Johnson, who is a member of Block B-L-O-C, Black Leaders Organizing for Communities. Kyle and Block helped put this together and the Rainbow Push Coalition And it was just a really powerful community gathering and a press conference. They fed people. They put out large patio heaters to keep people warm. They encouraged media folks to grab a hot dog and some water. And they handed out hand warmers to everybody. And then they spoke about reimagining and healing Kenosha and the whole United States. They took this moment where it felt like the world was falling apart. And then they spoke new life into it, which is, I think, what our scripture is also about for this week. Their whole message was, we're going to reimagine Kenosha. We're going to take this brokenness and reorder it so that there is healing and so that there is redemption. And so what I would like to do for today's call to action is include links to connect you all with Block. Black Leaders Organizing for Communities, and give you an opportunity, if you wish, to donate to them. And I, of course, again, we'll put those links in the show notes and in the transcript. They are doing such important work in this community. And what they showed me that day 
is the amount of gritty hope that they carry. That these Black organizers are devastated again and again and again by the way white supremacy takes hold in our world. And yet they show up and they have this gritty, gritty hope that continues to live on. And it is so awe-inspiring for me. And so I hope that you go and read about Block and see what work they're doing and help support them in that work. Thank you so much for joining us and for welcoming me to the team. This is my first solo episode with y'all. You can listen to our podcast, The Word is Resistance, anywhere you find podcasts, and be sure to follow us on social media as well. You can find a listener survey on our website and learn more about us at surgesurj.org. You can also find transcripts for these episodes there. Be sure to like, share, and follow, or leave a review. That's a great way to support a podcast so that more folks can benefit from these resources and join the movement. And please know we would love to hear from you. So be sure to comment on SoundCloud, Twitter, or Facebook, and be sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Special thanks also to our incredible sound editor, Claire Hitchens, who helps make this podcast possible. And now my friends, I invite you as we close to receive this blessing. May you go forth forever changed by the love of God. May you go surrendering into the movement of God's Holy Spirit and trust in the resurrection and the redemption and the love that Jesus Christ offers. May you go forth pulled by the Holy Spirit to join the movement of God in this world as God breaks into our hearts and into this place, into the brokenness to create a reordering. May you go forth blessed by the one whom we call creator, redeemer, and sustainer. Blessed forever by Father, Mother, God, and Son, and Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you.